0: Welcome back, everybody. It's time again for another episode of WVU Marketing Communications Today. A syndicated show that sits squarely at the intersection of data driven decision making and modern marketing practices. With the man who uh, is the uh, crossing guard at that intersection here, uh, (laughs) Matthew Cummings. Hey, Matthew, how are you? Hi, Paul. How are you? Well, we're all hanging in there. Staying For...
1: safe, staying healthy.
0: I just, I laughed. I said, here in the middle of this, my nose itches and I touch it and I go, stop that. Why am I touching my nose here? You know, I have to. I know.
1: Us radio guys are bad at that. You never <laughs> have to worry about your non-verbals until now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Today, you're going to talk about data, and I think it could there be a more timely topic? Because the one thing that we all agree, whether you're on left or right on the divide, is we don't have enough data about this whole coronavirus thing. If only we really knew where it was. So we're using a sledgehammer instead of a scalpel to try and cut it out and fix it. That's the way somebody described it to me the other day.
1: No doubt. So today, we're going to talk about the power of data departments. We're going to take a marketing angle on this, but how data professionals have have really evolved over the years and what this means for emerging professionals in our industry. If you think about it, as data has become easier to access, manage, and analyze, the responsibilities of data professionals have certainly changed. Once the Wild West of specialization, where few companies were really investing in data people, today companies are a lot better at democratizing insights and closing the data literacy gap. This shift has really resulted in an evolution of the data professional where pivot table gunslingers, and I'm a PR guy, so I have to admit I've never mastered that pivot table, are a thing of the past, and now communication skills are coveted above all else. Our guest today is Trad Salvo, Data Strategy Director at Droga5 in New York. Over the next 25 minutes or so, we'll learn what's expected of data professionals today, what this means for people coming into our industry, and why data departments are what Trad refers to as the modern-day renaissance capability. More on that in just a bit. At Droga 5, Trad works with clients like Harley-Davidson, Under Armour, and HBO to integrate rich insights into every stage of their marketing campaigns, And some of his responsibilities, as you might imagine, include measurement, business strategy, consumer insights, and data systems and tool automation. So we're so glad that you're able to be with us here today, Tread.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here as well, especially in these interesting times.
1: Yeah, for sure. When we were first concepting this week's podcast, you mentioned that you feel data departments are the quote, modern day renaissance capability. Now, that's a that's a pretty bold statement. So can you, can you tell me what you mean there by renaissance capability?
2: Sure. I've been thinking about this for a while, and the term renaissance man or woman comes from Leonardo da Vinci because mm-hmm. it just basically means that someone that's good at doing a lot of different types of things. So, for instance, da Vinci was an author, a painter, a scientist, and a politician. I think today we say people like Donald Glover are a, the renaissance man, right? Well, right. traditionally we would think as uh, you know, data professionals, we had one very specific job, but today it has expanded throughout the entire process, especially in marketing to where we have to handle a lot more things than just analyzing and, and delivering insights. So that's what I mean by Renaissance capability, is It's not just data analysis, but it's much broader terms and much broader uh, skills that are required.
1: Can you share some more specific examples of skills that a data professional in marketing must know today that maybe wasn't necessary in the past?
2: Sure. I think I can go through a bunch of these, but it's helpful to think about how advertising agencies are set up, right? Because Mm -hmm. you have accounts, you have creative, obviously, you have project managers, producers, strategists, and media. Well, data tends to be a department that touches each one of those specific capabilities. But I'll go into more detail now about specific things that have changed over the past years, starting with Mm -hmm. uh, communication. So a lot more uh, today you'll see the data roles are all client-facing now. This isn't something that's kind of changed in the last few years, and I think it's because people realize that data people – really explain data the best and you don't lose any of that insight coming from like plain telephone. So that's one skill that you know that's, that's an entirely new soft skills that have to be learned and that have to be developed to be client facing to be um, in roles where you are managing and, and talking about the data specifically directly with your contacts. Another thing that's very interesting is writing skills. As analysts we want to write a lot all the time. When really the, the craft and the important thing to do is to really distill insights into very succinct, pithy statements that when you read it, you instantly get it. And that is, again, another skill that it comes outside of the analysis and in hard skills world. I think a, a big area that I focused on that has been kind of a growing area, specifically in uh, analytic departments, in, in advertising and in creative agencies is, is design. So we don't think a lot about design outside of data visualization, which is important. But a lot of the times, designing uh, the information that you tell people and and how you um, put it on a page, whether it be a chart, whether it be a table, is super important. I make a lot of dashboards. I make a lot of PowerPoints and it's really the small details that are important when you do that and it it requires you to really like look outside the realm of just how do i make this data look cleaner to looking at how people were designing things today so it's just an interesting kind of skill that you need to develop when it comes to how you tell that data story i think a, a fun example for that too is very small details that people wouldn't realize for example the colors that you use are super important I don't know if you knew this, but 1 in 12 men are actually colorblind, and they're red-green colorblind. And the one thing that we use in data analysis to tell if something is good or bad is (laughs) is red and green, right? Right. Yeah, that's it. Red, green, and yellow, right? (laughs) Yeah, and we really shouldn't be actually using any of that. If you look at things like tools like Tableau or tools like Seaborn or any packages within Python, you'll see that the default colors are actually orange and blue because those are the the colorblind safe colors. So there's just small details that you have to learn over time. and You have to learn how to present this data in a way that not only is it easy to understand and visually appealing, but it's actually very good at telling a story because what you're trying to convey is something very complicated. A few other things that the reason I say it's the Renaissance is because there's other things that you have to touch upon too. Project management is a big one. Believe it or not, we don't do all the analysis ourselves, and I don't think any department will because there are specialists out there, and third-party vendors that will do surveys or advanced modeling and things like that, but you'll have to be the one that briefs them. So briefing vendors, that is just a whole set of skills in itself, managing timelines and budgets and briefing the right way. You'd you'd be surprised, like how to write a brief is really hard and is a skill that's very important uh, in our industry because the way that you write it, the outcome's gonna change. So that's another skill Um, strategically, um, qualitative and quantitatively delivering insights I mean that's something that goes hand-in-hand hand with data but it's bread and butter and it's it's a hard job to master and then finally just anything to do with media we have to speak to all sorts of media whether we're in a creative shop or a media shop we still have to know and speak to you know the different channels the different KPIs the way that we optimize and things like that so as you can see it's the breadth of skills that touch really every part of developing a campaign and so it, it makes for a lot of multifaceted, you know, unique individuals that have a lot of skills ranging from not just analysis, not just hard skills, but from creative skills and from from people skills, from soft skills. Yeah. So I just think it's very interesting that we're the only department that really, really focuses in on these things.
1: So I was making a little list here: communication skills, writing, design and visualization, project management, media literacy. I mean, these are all areas that would have years ago made data professionals a little nervous if you said that you really need to hone those skills. So what do you believe was the cause for this shift in skills that's necessary to be a data professional today in marketing?
2: Well, I'm glad you asked. And obviously, as a data professional myself, I can't give you a quantitative imperial answer, but (laughs) I can kind of distill it down into three things that I think kind of led us in this direction and I think the first thing is going to be something that you probably get on the show a lot. It's basically because we have more data than ever now uh, but we have honestly we have no idea what to do with it. A lot of companies collect a lot of data and when I say data I just mean information like information on your customers, some app information, sales data, you know business data, stuff like that. And so with this vast amount of data that they would initially just hire a lot of analysts to do traditional things like reporting stuff like that but today we need people to be creative with how they use that data to do more exploratory analysis and do things that haven't just been taught as standard practice because it's changing every day we're getting more data every day we're getting it from unique sources and we need people to adapt so i feel like that the first shift is just people need to be creative and from creativity that breeds a whole new slew of skills and mindsets that have to be kind of learned the second thing I know that you mentioned this in the opening, but uh, data has been democratized, so no longer are the the quote-unquote data people the only ones in spreadsheets or the only one looking at projections. I remember when I started my career, everyone came to us as like the source of truth. We were some type of wizard or something like that that would just have the answers. But now, and it's a really good thing, I want to add, it is just becoming more prevalent in a lot more roles. People are learning how to use it, and it's it's, it's really allowing us to make decisions, right? At the end of the day, data is information and it allows us to make decisions, and businesses make decisions all the time. And because of that, I think it's kind of getting us more involved in more parts of the business. As I mentioned, it's not just reporting anymore. It's making every part of the business journey makes the decisions. We're getting involved in those, and because of that, you know, we're having to pick up these soft skills, having to pick up different, being resourceful with the way that we spend our time so that way we can, you know, answer these questions. And the final thing that I think caused this shift in skills needed to be learned by data professionals really is how specialists are changing. In the past, when I started the industry, you had to spend a long time learning a very specialized programming language like R, or SAS, just to analyze a data set. Couldn't really do it that easily in Excel back then, and it wasn't ex- acceptable, so you have a lot of these specialists that came in and they're very good at what they did, but. What they were doing was very niche. It was just analyzing specific data sets, getting specific outcomes. But today, I think tools are getting pretty awesome. There's a lot of you know tools that, that make it easier, that reduce that stiff learning curve, and that make data more approachable for people, which means people can become generalists. And there's a less of a barrier entry to the specific role, which because there's less of a barrier interest, you get people from all around the world and all different backgrounds that come into data analysis, whether it be biology, chemistry, arts, whatever it has been. These are the three things I really think have caused this shift.
1: That's interesting. As you were talking, you know, I really f- kept coming back to in my mind the word currency. I mean, data is really that currency of the future. That's that's driving so much value, regardless of what industry you're in. We are going to take a quick break now, Trad, and we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about data and data careers, preparing yourself uh, to enter this world. So uh, we'll be right back. Please
0: hang tight. <laughs> Just a quick reminder that today's program is brought to you by West Virginia University's online data marketing communications program. The first graduate program of its kind in the country, focusing on strategic thinking, critical problem solving and informed decision making. The data marketing communications program prepares you for your career by learning the innovative tactics from award winning faculty and guests like those featured today. It's all about the data. Learn more at DMC.com wvu.edu Get the data on their program, dmc.wvu.edu. Can I ask a data question before you guys dive back into your topic here? Where do data professionals live in today's modern organizations? Are they just a research department under marketing or sales, or do they have their own seat at the table and report directly to the CEO? Should they even be have a, a representative on the board? Where are they on the food chain these days?
2: These days, I think it really depends on the industry and it depends on uh, how future facing the company is. I absolutely think that it's pivotal to have them on a board or to, to be have a seat at the table. But more so, I think in the future, it's just everyone's gonna be more data literate and so it'll be more of a focus as years go on. And you've seen that with the number of chief data officers and chief intelligence officers that have grown in the past five years alone. I think you see more and more of people having a seat at the table, but I don't think right now it's as widespread as it should be.
0: Okay. Just curious, because obviously we have more data than ever, and nobody knows what to do with it, and I don't know how data literate the people are who are making decisions: the CEO, the sales and marketing directors, whatnot. They're they're getting reports, but do they know how to read them? Are they data literate themselves, or should it be a third department? There's the data department.
1: <laughs> yeah, and these yeah, jobs, we, we you know, as department. we've been talking, you think about how how the, how in demand these are for for companies and you mentioned all of the skills the breadth of skills that's required to enter the industry has this created a barrier for some who want to uh, become a data professional
2: i think so i think when it comes to the job applications that you'll see now uh, it can be very daunting especially com- someone coming into the industry to see all the skills that are listed that are requirements to learn it almost feels like they're just throwing the kitchen sink at you and saying, you have to know all these programming languages, and you have to be an expert at visualization, you have to be a media planner, and you have to be X, Y, and Z. I don't find that very helpful, especially when I talk to people aspiring to be in the industry. They say, like, you know, I don't know how to learn all these programming languages and this and that. What I tell them is that really what I'm looking for, I, I believe that hard and soft skills can totally be taught, but being able to think critically and approach a problem in a clever way is invaluable to me so it's trying to find those people that have a unique approach to a problem and if if you like the way that they're thinking I mean any company can teach someone how to program or teach someone how to do an analysis
1: so companies you mentioned are investing a lot in employee education what do you think that this will mean for the future
2: I think that we're going to see a lot of cool things. I think we're going to see a lot of development and innovation. I think we're going to see a lot more people speaking from form perspective when they make decisions. And mm-hmm. I think when you have a bunch of people that are data literate in a room, what you're going to get is what humans naturally do and they argue and they debate. And from that, you'll get innovation, you'll get new ideas and we'll stop focusing on the best way We'll have in the past things that we have to do, which is like reporting and, and, and understanding our past performance. But you get a lot of cool, new, innovative ideas coming out. Like, for example, how do you measure an idea? That, mm. that to me is interesting. That to me, I don't think anyone's, not a lot of people are looking into, but it's uh, how do we use data to inform a con- it I think you're going to see a lot more cool and innovative ideas like that.
1: So let's stay on that topic for just a bit. Your agency, Droga 5, is, is well known for award-winning creative. How does data feed inform and inspire that creative process at Droga 5? And, and ideally, how should creatives and those who are managing these campaigns involve the data professionals in their process?
2: A great question. So I would like to start with saying uh, data should never be a burden when it comes to anything uh, like a creative process or something like that. It should always be... Taken and used as a source of fodder or a source of, you know, helping guide the right choices that we make. Right. So, as I mentioned earlier, you know, data is involved in the entire process. But really, what we're we're helpful in when it comes to um, ideation or things like that is with the strategy, and that's really informing insights around our culture, uh, the product that's, uh, you know, at play, the competition or the business. But really what I'd like to talk about is where it plays a biggest role is kind of the audience. So we are really the people that have to dig deep into the minds of the people that we want to target and understand who they are and, and really where they live, you know, like what their mindsets are and what's important to them. And then we have to kind of distill that way distill that down and communicate that in a way that's beneficial and provides creative fodder. So that's a way that we really help. But I think it's important too to, and I'm going to give you an example, uh, to remember that not all insights are boring, like, you know, your demographics and your psychographics. I think they can really be fun and interesting. And I think not one of our campaigns, but uh, I think just an example in general that I think is pretty interesting is, I don't know who did this, but it was a while back they had a Miracle Whip campaign. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you're familiar. But the insight from there is that people either love it or they hate it, right? That's an audience insight. That's a data-driven insight, that there's no middle ground between that. You just either love it or you hate it, and they develop a pretty uh, it was a funny and engaging and different, uh, very creative campaign from it. And I think those are the types of things that where data can be like fodder for creative ideas, but I don't think it should always be determining what should be in the creative or anything like that.
1: Yeah, it's a great aha moment that was inspired by a data find. We've talked about a lot here, and we've talked soft skills, you talked about the skills, the communication skills, the writing design, visualization, uh, also the technical skills, right? The programming, cleaning, and analysis of data. What advice for a student who's listening and they're, they're 20 minutes into this and they're saying, gosh, you know, I really want to get into this industry, but it sounds overwhelming too. What advice do you have for students who aspire to enter uh, as a data professional?
2: Well, the first advice that I would have is if you really want to be in this industry, you want to be a data professional, I I think you should just reach out to people and be proactive. Also, definitely get an internship. (laughs) It helped me out a lot. When I was coming up, I was in graduate school at the time. I probably applied for 200 different internships and didn't get one. And then finally, the one that I did get, it was in this guy's apartment and we were doing SEO. And I learned so much valuable information from that. And the way I got it was just reaching out to people. I have mm. never turned down once as uh, someone that has proactively reached out to me on LinkedIn and asked to just get on a phone call and, and chat with them. And I think that's a great way of seeing exactly and making connections into the industry because connections are super vital. I think another thing to do is uh, focus your skills in school. I think, obviously, schools nowadays have more data-driven like marketing classes. I think WU does a good job at that, where they didn't necessarily have a lot of that when I was in school. Take that but also expand your um, what you know and what you're comfortable with take a creative writing class or a photoshop class or maybe philosophy to understand decision making and you know how to get along with teams because i think there are skills that we have to expand just going into this new environment just in a world that's so connected where a lot of people are going to know data and then finally i just say that stay determined i think it's easy to get bogged down uh, just when applying this jobs in the beginning, but always go after your dream job and don't give up on that because yeah. anyone that's determined, they'll definitely get their dream job. It just might take a little bit.
1: Great advice. Just one more question and then we have to wrap things up today. What are some of those resources that you'd suggest for those who want to get started and how are you staying current in the industry? What are you reading right now?
2: Sure. For advertising, the best thing you can do is go into all the advertising pubs and just literally to sign up their email newsletters and just read the titles every day. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what I do. So you got like ad week, ad age, agency spies, probably my favorite, just data knowledge and, and learning skills like that. If you really are serious about programming, data camp is amazing. I love the media map. I think it's a few bucks a month, but I read that every single day. And then honestly, YouTube, <laughs> I've learned more from YouTube. I just, <laughs> youtubing things like there's this guy that does something called stats quest which is like easily explains algorithms and stuff like that and it's just useful and it's free and then obviously podcasts i think uh this podcast for one is pretty good resource data skeptic linear digressions and what i have been reading recently actually i'm actually reading a Bayesian statistics the, the fun way <laughs> <And> <laughs> cool. just, i like to I, I don't know i've just been uh, on this kind of a uh, uh, Bayesian statistics kind of kind helped recently.
1: So, Love it. Great great resources, great advice and insights here today. Thanks so much for spending time with us, Trad. No problem. Uh, happy to be here. Thanks. And thank you for listening to WVU Marketing Communications today from all of us here at West Virginia University. I hope you found today's episode as informative as I have. Until next time, take care.
0: You've been listening to WVU Marketing Communications today, brought to you live from West Virginia University, a weekly program that sits at the intersection of data-driven decision making and marketing practice, only on the Funnel Radio Network for At work listeners like you.